good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Peace today. You know, it's the second time I've heard the song today, and I don't know about you, if, if you have any challenges or problems in your life, if you get drawn into that song just for a moment, you forget all about the issues and the problems that may be taking place in your life or in our world. So thank you, Lurie, for reminding us what it means to be in connection with the presence. As I was thinking about what to share today, I was recalling something I wrote earlier this week that a number of years ago I had gone to a, a wellness conference and there were healers and speakers and writers and spiritual teachers and so forth. And in this particular day of the conference there was a, a dialogue that was taking place between two of the presenters and they were on stage. At the end of their presentation they had their question and answer session and a 13-year-old child, a kid, came up. That person came up with a microphone and was going to ask the last set question of the session. And he was kind of visibly shaking and trembling, and, and he asked, can you help a troubled youth? And I think one of the panel members was a writer, and the other was a minister who I knew. And uh, the writer said, well, uh, you're the minister, you handle this. And the minister agreed, and he said, I'll give it a shot. Although he didn't know what he was going to say, what was going to be talked about. But the boy said, you know, well, I'm terrified. I got a lot of anxiety. Because I've been afraid for the past couple of years, I was going to lose my parents. And he began to tell his story. And he said, you know, a couple of years ago, his, his father was choking to death because something had gotten lodged in his throat. And apparently his dad started to turn blue and passed out in that moment. And the young boy knew a little bit about uh, the Heimlich maneuver and, and saved his father's life. But he said he went on to say that since that experience, he's been afraid of losing his parents. And as he spoke, he he, and he referred to that incident, he, he consented to tremble. Something was happening in his whole body. And the minister looked at him and stopped him and told him to just go back for a moment. Go back to that event that took place. And he had him focus on how he celebrated, or at least felt relieved after he had brought his dad back. And to go back to his sense of gratitude, 
go back to the sense that he had a sense of joy in that experience because his dad's life had been saved. And to not focus on losing him. And so he took him to a number of different exercises that related to that event. And, and eventually the boy remembered and embraced how in that moment, how quickly he responded. That he felt something come over him that gave him the confidence and the courage to do what he needed to do. And all of the things that that minister was doing redirected that boy's attention to the fact his father was here. And he could celebrate the wonderful life that he was having with him. And eventually that 13-year-old boy he was able to whole reframe the whole experience. His body stopped shaking when he talked about it. And he got a sense of normalcy. And the minister said, you know, I knew I knew. He later checked back with the, the young boy. And, and he said that all of his anxiety and fear that he had about losing his dad disappeared. In a very short time, in that instance, a transformation had taken place in that young boy. He realized that he could focus on the celebration, he could focus on the happiness, he could focus on the love that he had for his dad and for his mom. And I think what he did, he redirected that young boy's focus and attention to the cherished moment that was taking place at that time. You know, there was a statement, there's a statement in Joshua, the 12, 24th chapter, the 15th verse. It says, in part, choose ye this day whom you shall serve. And spiritually, I said, where are we going to direct our attention? And it reminds me that we always have a choice. We have a choice where we're going to focus and where we're going to come from in any given moment, what our perspective is. And that young man ended up with a different experience even though the facts of the experience did not change. Because he ended up reframing how he saw his experience. And he chose to see it differently. And it reminds us that how we choose to see a particular situation determines what it is for us. And we can make the choice by using what I call our spiritual remote control. You know, we have a Remote control, you know, to change the channel on our TV sets, smart TVs today. And we can point it at the TV and change the channel. But many people are going through life without realizing they have their own spiritual remote control. And so they're stuck on a particular channel in their mind. They're not using their remote control at all to change the channel that they may be on. I mean, you can imagine being in your house and, and you have only one channel. And it's the gloom and doom channel. It's the gloom and doom station. And you're watching it over and over again. And, 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 and you don't have a remote control. And, and you can't change the channel. You're stuck. You can't even channel surf to see what might else be on. Well, that's where I think many human beings live in. But we can learn to use our spiritual remote control to change that. And the first thing that I think we can do is to be aware of how to use a remote control is to do this. Don't believe everything that you think. I, you know, I don't know about you. I have a lot of thoughts that are my mind lots of times. They say we got 30 or 40 thoughts a day, and a lot of them I be believing they have nothing to do with reality. We don't want to believe every opinion that goes through our minds. All of those things that come bubbling up that are from a particular channel that are in our mind at that time. 
And, you know, a lot of times we don't know where that thought even came from. You know, we may have picked that thought from somebody else's mind that has, doesn't have a pure consciousness and we're picking it up. And every now and then we have to look and stop and ask ourselves, what, where? What, what, where did that thought come from? What is it that's coming through my awareness? Is that thought true? Is that thought coming from a channel of infinite possibilities and wisdom and the presence of God? Or is that thought come from the sea of mental garbage? Because there's a lot of garbage floating around in the consciousness today. We have the capacity to change the channel of our mind anytime that we desire. And right now, people have a tendency to be stuck on the new doom and gloom channel. And what they do, they, 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 they call and, and convene, you know, their councils and their committees. And these committees are made up of despair and, and, and fear and doubt and worry. They're convening councils that create a sense of separation and a fear of other people. And they're broadcasting onto the world that life is hard and then you die. That they're not good enough. There's lack and limitation. There's scarcity. There's not enough to go around. Oh, my God, what should I be scared of today? That's the gloom and doom channel that's going on oftentimes in our world. But that's just a channel in consciousness. We've got the power right at this moment to change this channel with our spiritual remote control. You know, the, the spirit of living God is really telling us, be a channel. Don't be stuck on one. We can choose to be the channel for peace, as Louis was singing. We can choose to be the channel of love and joy and harmony. We can choose to be the channel of, of wisdom and possibilities and not to be stuck on the doom and gloom channel of fear, doubt, and worry. I think it's important to change the channel or sometimes reframe or how we look at a particular situation. Because it can determine the quality of our life and the direction of our life. You know, I was just thinking, that's a small matter. Years ago, I was in, uh, I don't know, I think I was just visiting. I can't remember. Time is, sometimes gets things confused with my mind. But I remember I wanted to go to New York and see a particular speaker and minister. And, you know, they didn't have, you know, internet in, in those days. We, you know, knew what the schedule was. And, you know, I had looked forward to going there. And I went there and he wasn't there. And in my mind, I'm saying, why is he not here? You know, didn't he know that I was coming? You know, I came all this way. And, you know, doesn't he know who I am? And, you know, I was, I was on the pissed off channel. <laughs> because I was focusing on that channel, I was missing what that person that was right in front of me who was saying some very profound and transforming things. I think we need to remember that we're always co-creating our experience. We're always co-creating our lives and the experiences that we have and we see in our physical form, whatever shows up is really a byproduct of the channels we've been looking at and focusing on over a period of time. And if we want to see and experience things differently, if we want to get rid of things we don't like, we can always use our spiritual remote control to reframe and relook at those experiences. I think one of the most important tools we can use in reframing are the words that we utter. At any moment, we can click over to a different set of words, particularly the words we say to ourselves. They may be the most important ones. 
You know, every day we're saying something to ourselves and we're setting in motion a creative process. So when we're faced with a situation, we want to ask, what words will I use? Are there going to be words that are going to scare me or words that are going to inspire me? Because our words influence our thoughts. They influence our actions. They even influence our health. You know, over the years of being in this work, you know, I hear people, sometimes they talk to me directly. Sometimes I'm just eavesdropping on the conversation. I eavesdrop on my own conversations from time to time. And I've noticed that some folks, when they tell stories, they hone in and they key on certain words or certain phrases. And I notice that folks that struggle maybe with, with their own healing or struggle with trying to get unstuck in their life, they often have the same vocabulary because they're clicking their spiritual remote control to the pessimism's channel. And they'll say things like, oh, I can't. Oh, that will never work. Offer a positive suggestion. They said, no, I'm afraid to do that. Somebody else tried that and it didn't work for them. I'm sure it's not going to work for me. But when we live in that vocabulary, of a, you know, a, which is really a fear thought, because there's only really two main emotions, as they say, love and fear. When we click on and focus on that kind of thought, that channel, that becomes the consciousness we are coming from. And we can't even heal from where we are because we're, we're somehow handicapping the process. It hampers the recognition of the powerful as well as the empowering choices that are always present for us. Because we may be in that gloom and doom awareness and it will keep us stuck there. So what we need to do is introduce a new vocabulary. We need to introduce a new way of seeing things. We need to reframe the situation by not talking about our wounds, but focusing on where our power is. What empowers us? Where do we draw our strength? Is it challenging to us to do that. It is at times. You know, because one person said, you know, I don't want to have that much power. I don't want to yield that much. I don't have that much worthiness within me. Somehow blocking the good. But remember that the statement says in Scripture, it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Kingdom is not a place, but it's a state of awareness that we begin to attract more good. It's ever-expanding good out there for us. So we say to ourselves, Words that do inspire. We say think everything in my life is a blessing. Everything in life is in a divine order. The path for me is perfect. No matter what it may look like at any given moment. In fact, I invite you to affirm with me. I look for blessings. I look for blessings. I give blessings. The path before me is perfect. If you don't believe it at this moment, it doesn't matter. Your body will start picking those things up. They'll start singing. They'll start dancing. They'll start getting in alignment with who and what they are. Because sometimes we tell ourselves lies all the, all the time, and they believe that. So we may as well tell us something uplifting, something that's empowering, something that's spiritually active in us. You know, we look around in our world. We're at a time of, of great, great transformation. People feel some fear. You know, some people fear going to the grocery stores and some people fear sending their kids to school. As I talk to some folks and hear about that. 
And of course, it's easy to find evidence to make us feel sometimes in a human level terrified because it appears we're living in a society that's gone mad. And it may be picking that up, not on a conscious level, but maybe sometimes unconsciously. I have a colleague who's a unity minister in, in Buffalo, New York. And of course, those who are aware that in Buffalo, New York, a couple of weeks ago or so, you know, the number of people that had died in a grocery store shooting. And she was telling, saying, and as she was writing to our friends in our Facebook page that, you know, some of the people in her own congregation knew the people and their families, and, and there's a certain heaviness and sadness and anxiousness that was kind of overlaying the community, not only her spiritual community, but the, the Buffalo community, which she had been living in for so long. And yet we have to understand that we can feel the sting of the crucifixion of those experiences. And at some point, we need to put our spiritual remote control to use and turn the channel and see life from the higher point of view. I think it was you know, Emerson who said, prayer is contemplation of the facts of life from the highest point of view. So we see beyond the immediate appearances and see what is unfolding behind the pictures that we see. You know, imagine that you know, you're in a building and you know, every floor is a very tall building and every floor has a different view of the same thing. Now, we can't change the building, but we know that from the basement of the first floor, we'll see the landscape from a certain perspective, but it'll be limited. But as we rise up to each floor, the second floor, the third floor, the fourth floor, we see more of the community, maybe more of the city. And as we go higher up, we see the situation from a higher perspective. You know, trying to come up with answers from the basement or the first floor is not going to help us much. Have to come up to that higher viewpoint, that higher view, and come to the realization there's more than what meets the eye. And I would say that in our world today, despite what's going on, it's a privilege to be alive. I think there's something happening that beyond our human sight at this moment because we're participating in an era of great transformation like never before. You know, I was talking to my son, and, uh, and he was saying that sometimes some of his contemporaries and classmates, you know, the, the young people, they sometimes look around at the world and say that living in this world is a burden. You know, you know they eventually got off it. But I can understand if that's what you're seeing, that that may come up in our consciousness. And I let them know that we can change where we look at things. We can change the channel and reframe how we see a situation. And we de declare that, yes, it is a privilege to be alive. Because we live in an era in which more of the divine is seeking to reveal itself in our life and in our world. Because the old way is fading and a new way is emerging. And oftentimes when something new is coming in our life and in our world, it seems chaotic, it seems terrifying, it seems crazy. But if we lift our eyes to the hills from which cometh our help, as that scripture says, we see possibilities opening up. And we turn to the Imagineers channel and recognize that those with imagination, 
that those who realize that this is an opportunity to take off the shackles of the old world and tap into our inner resources, our inner capabilities, and create something new. Because the world is looking for something new today. A new perspective, a new energy, a new leadership, a new vision, a new possibility of handling conflict, a new way of solving the issues in our lives and on the planet. The world is looking for something new. And we will no longer look to the past to chart the future. Because there's something new waiting to be expressed. It's like a, a coal miner that may be doing that all their life will probably not tell their children that's their future. We use our spiritual remote control to turn to the futurist channel so we can see from that higher point of view and not from the basement or the first floor of the building. We can reframe. We can change our perspective. As I'm closing up today, I just realized that sometimes the bane of our human experience is that we often focus on or talk about or complain about what we do not have, rather than give thanks and appreciation what we do have. And now we're on that channel sometimes of that limitation. So every once in a while we have to listen to our surface mind and, and, and when it says things that it does not have, what's missing, what's wrong. And when it does say things like, oh, I need more love, I need more prosperity, we can stop and use our spiritual remote control to put on the channel that gives thanks for the quality that we think is missing. And we say to ourselves, I give thanks to God for the love. I give thanks to God for the peace. I give thanks to God for the abundance, the possibilities, and the fact that I always have a choice where I focus my attention. And we stand in that awareness and the direction of our life begins to change, sometimes a little bit at a time, but it begins to set a whole new trajectory. And everything begins to work together for our good because that's where we're focusing our attention. And we remember our life and the life of God, which is always expanding good, are one in the same. So our work play is to maintain that awareness by turning off the channels of misery canceling our subscriptions to networks of despair and clicking on channels of gratitude and appreciation and love that is everywhere. You know what we do? Uh, we sing about it. We laugh about it. We play in it. We be creative from it. We dance it. We love it. We even hug it with all our might. We can use our spiritual remote control to focus our attention on that. And then let our light shine because that's where it's at. And that's why we're here. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual
Transforming 